Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Rob Turley with Down the Rabbit Hole, a podcast where it's raw, uncut, and fantastic. I have some of the best of the best people here, some of the brightest minds, and we delve deep into those minds. I've got a very, very special guest with me here today, and his name is Larry Long Jr. He is the Director of Collegiate Sales. Please, Larry, take it away. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate it, Rob. Hang in there, man. <laughs> yeah, director of collegiate sales at teamworks we say teamworks makes the dream work so we sell uh communications that's, that's software. What I was for you to fill in i was like collegiate sales and then you could be like because teamwork makes it dream. i was ready for that whole thing <laughs> my bad man it's it's uh, i need to wake up i guess i got some fog from 2021 <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny love it <laughs> Nah, but I'm happy to be here, man. We sell a communication platform to elite athletic teams. And uh, for me, my focus is on the college side. And then on the side, I'm also a motivation, inspiration, sales keynote speaker, as well as a uh, trainer. So uh, just, just excited. And then I'm also, uh, as if I don't have enough balls in the air, I'm also a brand ambassador at RepView which is a, uh, a ratings platform allowing uh, sales professionals to get insights in the sales organizations. For sure. And if you haven't seen any of Larry's motivational speaking videos or anything like that, oh my God, you're ready to just like topple a mountain. It's crazy. Like, you know, I, I watched one of them and I was just like, oh my God, I could just go right now. Let's go, baby. So yeah, no, you, you're definitely, that is your calling, my man. I love it. I love your attitude. Love everything about you, what you're doing and what your, what your entire goal is here is just to bring value to people and actually teach them how to take control of their own mind to get the best results possible to make sure that you having a healthy mental experience while you're doing your work and to make sure and ensure that the work that you're doing is absolutely right for you and the right decision to continue to doing so. So it's not just about keeping your job or making money. It's about doing the right job that's right for you to maintain that mindset and to make sure that you're leading and living a good life. So true. So true. And there's a there's a saying, Henry Ford. I never met the man, but he says, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. And the mindset, all, all of our mindset is really a choice. Uh, and what he talks about there in that quote is just your perception. And uh, in sales, it's easy to get beat down. It's easy to start believing that little voice in the back of each and every one of our head that, that plants that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, also known as FUD. And uh, I like to say, don't believe the hype. That little voice right there, you've got to control it or else it will control you. I've, I've got it as well. Larry, don't do that. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. But essentially, I've got to say, hey, get out of my mind. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. And then let's go ahead and make that thing happen. That's the magic. Yes, well, I can. Uh, yes, I can right there. You, you can do anything. So that, I have a similar belief to, uh, to Ford's belief, which I didn't even know he said that. But I, I always say there are two truths in this world. There's I can and I can't. And they're both synonymously true. The one that you choose to believe is the one that is true to you. That's it. That's so if it. you choose that you can't and you think you can't, you won't ever. If you choose that you can, you think you can, you will. But when is the question after that? The so how does it matter? The how is a delta? It's a constant state of change. So it's the what and the when. Because if you believe in the what and you can get to the when, you know you can get to the when, you'll make it through the how just fine. Big time. And we, I think we, we all saw through the pandemic, through the uh, political unrest, uh, just through everything that 2020 threw us, we all have a choice 
And, and yes, the, it, it's been bad. I mean, there, there's been pieces. You can find bad no, in anything. Bad. No but, but essentially, it's up to you, that person in the mirror, to make a choice and say, hey, I'm going to look for the best out of this situation. I'm going to make the best out of this situation. And when I talk to people, I ask them, hey, what did you accomplish in 2020? What did you learn? Who did you meet in 2020? Because if you were just Netflix and chilling, ooh, that's not good. I mean, Mark Cuban said it. He said, hey, keep your eyes open throughout this pandemic. You'll see individuals and organizations let their true colors shine through. That's for sure. Same thing with government, same thing with social unrest, anything. All the true colors shine through. And that's part of the good thing because you can actually see people for who they are. I think personally that COVID, even though it was terrible, was the best thing that has ever happened to the sales industry since I, I, I can't even tell you since probably ever, ever. So maybe since the CRM, but that's kind of like a tech based thing that's not really sales, but just ever. I mean, we have been waiting for an opportunity to make it so, I mean, it, this is my entire company slogan. We put the people back into salespeople. That is the most yeah. important thing because people buy from people they like, trust, and can relate to. And if the mindset's not there or if it's all automa automating the doing, automating the doing, automation, 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 we, I mean, I build automation, but we automate the knowing. There's a difference. But um, if just, it's just automation, 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 and then you keep getting nose, 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 because it's all the wrong people that's dropping your mindset down. So it's constant nose that you're hearing. And then that little voice in your head, that FUD in your head keeps telling you, oh, I can't do this because nobody wants the product. No, you're just targeting the wrong people. You're in the wrong mindset. And that's ultimately going to plummet sales because you do not have the confidence to do the job. That's right. That's right. You're spot on. And when you talk about uh, sales, it's really, I, I think of it as relationships. And you talk about putting the people back in the salespeople. It's so critical. And I think during this pandemic, it's really exposed that a lot of folks were fakers. They were, they were just out there kind of riding the wave. And like you said, automating everything. I mean, well, what's the, if you're going to automate everything, what's the purpose of having you as a person in that position if you're not able to relate, connect? And like you said, people yeah. like to buy from people they know, people they like, and people that they trust. Yeah, the people that just sell by, well, we call them KPIers. Yeah, All they yeah. do is just meet the, the KPIs, whatever that means. Even though the, the term that they're using for KPI for that is actually completely wrong, and most companies do too, which is sad, but it's quota based. Oh, I met these numbers. Oh, I made it to this, this milestone that was set for me. And that's all I have to do because that's what gets me my paycheck. And they don't really give a shit what the outcome is. They don't care. They don't even like their job. They're just doing something so they could pay the bills. And those KPIers is somebody that you do not want to be. And if you do become one, it's probably because you hate your job and you should probably change what you're doing. And it's not making you happy. And that's putting you in a negative mindset. Then you get like, you're feeling stuck and then it's hard to move anywhere. It's hard to say yes to anything, you know? So, so true. So true. You hit that right on the head, Rob. And one, one thing that I like to work with my reps on is, is what's your why, both professionally when you're in these virtual four walls now, but also personally, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to buy a house? Are you trying to start a family? What, what are those goals that you're focused on that really drives you? I think some people, I think Simon Sinek says, start with why, what's your why? But essentially it comes down to what do you want to accomplish and why? Why do you want to accomplish that? What's your internal motivation? What's your driver behind what you're doing? For some people, it is money. For other people, it's recognition. Other people, there's other things that they're trying to accomplish in their life. And this is just a means to get there. Yep, yep. Usually with baby boomers, it's money. Usually <laughs> with Gen X, it's, it's accomplishment 
But with millennials, that's where we're getting super lucky with the new people coming in and everything like that. With millennials, it's purpose. It's mission-driven purpose and actually doing something, making changes, making something happen, which is incredible. That's exactly who you want to work for you. So don't hate on millennials. You should love them because you can learn from them. Um, They're fantastic people. They're super positive, and they've got a great mindset, and they're just like, we're going to fix all this shit that's broken. That's all they want to do. And they want to leave their mark and they want to make the world a better place. And that is what we should be doing. And that is what we want businesses to be doing is making their business a better place. So having those generations together as a mix, though, is really good because you have the people focused on the money. You have the people who are focused on getting it done. And then you have the people that are focused on the purpose, the missions and the value and the culture behind it. So driving all those things together, you have a beautiful mix. Man, making an impact. Uh, One thing that I like to think, I just had this conversation earlier today is the perception of sales. What is sales? What is that definition? And for me, I just think of sales quite simply as playing matchmaker. You're matching your product, your service, your thought and or idea with someone else's needs, wants, desires, challenges, hopes, dreams, aspirations. And essentially, if you're able to make that match, you're now selling. But how do you understand what someone's wants? and their desires and their needs are, you've got to ask the questions and then you got to shut the heck up and listen to the answer. You got to give them the gold mic instead of you dominating the gold mic like you know everything and actually listen. They'll tell you everything that they need, everything that they want and what they're looking for. That's it. Just listen to them. You just got to ask. I mean, I built technology so you can pretty much find all that stuff out on the forefront, but we don't tell you what it is. You still need to figure it out. It's just that you know it's going to be a good fit naturally, and then you figure it out from there. So it plays the natural human connection way. And that's the thing is that when humans naturally connect with one another, when you really had a good conversation with somebody, you're feeling it. You're like, wow. You know, this is incredibly going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, the meeting went over 10 minutes. And you're just like, oh, this is great. Oh, no, I got to head out to my next meeting. You know, I got to prepare for this, but whatever reason. And then, you you know, you, you have part ways. And after the meeting, you're just like, you're sitting there and just going, shit. That was absolutely incredible. I need to do business with, I don't even care how we do business. I just got to work with this guy or this girl or this, or, or this day. It doesn't matter. Um, I just need to work with them in any way that I can. And there's some sort of opportunity. If they cannot work with you, they need to forward you to someone else. They're like, hey, I've got four people on my network that can absolutely take exactly what you're selling. They need it. They would buy it right now. And I'm going to give the highest recommendation. And then boom, six times as likely to close. Big time, big time. And you talked about it before, that human, that relationship aspect of sales. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. We've been exposed as an industry, sales as an industry. And now it's, hey, who can master and who can execute on the very basics? Because when things were going great, folks were getting sloppy. And they were still having success kind of in spite of themselves. Well, now that things have contracted, things are a little bit tighter. It's like, hey, who can really master these very basics in order to have success in a down economy? The basic principles always lead to success. They should always be practiced. They are so important. And uh, so, Larry, I want to know a little bit more about how you would suggest salespeople keep their mindset in a positive place, no, not, not, not in consideration only of the, you know, the crisis that happened and, or the, the current like recession or whatever else it is that that's just like all environmental. But I mean, in, in the, um, through the, the tunnel of what we call your, you know, trajectory of where you're going. Cause if you go out of the tunnel, then you kind of just fly out into space, right? That, yeah. that trajectory tunnel, keeping everything on track, 
which is driven by your mindset, how to keep them there consistently and how to, if they start veering off, how to bring them back into the light. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a former baseball player, played baseball in Maryland and the game of baseball. If you fail 70% of the time as a hitter, you're going to the hall of fame. You're a 300 hitter off to the hall of fame. So in sales, it's once again, you're going to get a lot of rejection but how do you keep your mind right? Well, I, I think it all works together, your mind, your body, your soul, your why. And really, it comes down to a piece of that is you are what you eat. And that's not just what you eat physically. I mean, we're here in North Carolina. I love Bojangles. You ask me what time it is, it's bow time. But essentially, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? What voices are you allowing to come into your brain? Uh, all that matters. And if you're feeding yourself with junk food and uh, negative images, sounds, surrounding yourself with negative people, chances are you're going to be right along that same page. If yeah, you're or listening to influencers that are fear mongers where they're like, oh, we'll help your business during this time of survival. They are your worst enemy. They are peace, excuse my language, but they're pieces of fucking shit. They're horrible human beings that are sucking the what's left of the life by having them survive, which is which is technically a constant state of death. And then sucking out all the resources, trying to teach them how to stay in that constant st state of death until they finally just, you know, break. It's yeah. it's disgusting. I can't stand those people. I call them out like on the internet all the time. I mean, I I like right now. I'm calling you out. All of you out there that are doing that, stop right now because right. what you're doing is wrong. And I want everybody in the world to know what they're doing is wrong. But sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent right there. But you know. Now nah, you're passionate about it and you can't make that stuff up. You got to be passionate about what you do. And for me, it's really there. There's I love quotes. Martin Luther King Jr. has a quote. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing to help others? And if you can answer that each and every day, what what am I doing? Not what am I thinking? Not what am I dreaming? But what am I doing to help someone else out? You're going to have a lot of success in life in sales, in business, and your mindset. When you help someone else out, I mean, it's one of those things where when you have nothing and, and nothing really seems to be going well for you, if you can just do something little to help someone else out, it just really springs you back. For most people, I, I can't speak for all, but I know for me, when I'm able to, to sow into somebody and add value and bring a smile to their face, now all of a sudden it's like, ah, I feel some value. I feel some worth. And you know it's what? Whoa, isn't me. It's purpose. You've given yourself purpose again if you're in a rut like that. And, yeah. and another part of that is not just giving, but it's also graciously receiving. That was taught to me by Annette Draper, who was taught to her by Bob Proctor. It is the, the theory of opulence. Opulence is not only having nice things or giving things to others. It's about graciously receiving from others, even if you have enough. Because if you don't let people give to you and help you, you're taking away that good feeling and that opportunity for them to have given somebody something or helped somebody. You're rejecting them that kindness. So true. You hit that right on the head. And uh, another thing that I'd like to talk about is really the use of mentors and mini mentors. And I'll be honest with you, back in my younger years, uh, I know you can't tell that I'm old, but I'm a little bit older than I look. But back in my younger years, I was afraid to ask anyone for help. It was just kind of ego and kind of like, eh, I don't want to put someone else out. But what I realized is people want to help if you ask. Yep. 
Yep. And that, I mean, that was, that was a result of the baby boomer corporate slavery era where if you ask for help, that's your job right there. Oh, you should know what you're doing. Oh, you need to know, Oh, we need to act all professional. Well, no one's acts professional in real life. No one does. And if you do, you're probably a sociopath, literally (laughs) you you are because that's you're nuts. If that's the way that you are in real life. Um, seriously, you are a sociopath at that point. Like if anybody listening is thinking that right now, like, wait, I am. And it's just like, you should get checked. But, um, (laughs) right. (laughs) Or you're close to it. You probably have like, you know, three out of the six, but that's the thing is that empathy is driven both ways. Yes. Empathy drives mindset. When you give to others, that is your ego that thrives. When others give to you, that is your id being stroked like your ego. And those things need to be in balance. Your subconscious needs to be in check with what your goals and what your ego are trying to achieve. If, if what you're trying to achieve is denied by your subconscious, you will ultimately fail because you don't actually believe yourself. So meditating can help with that. I would recommend mindful meditation, transcendent meditations, um, opulence meditations, all that good stuff, because you can get your mindset in the right place and actually come to terms with your um, subconscious and by auto suggesting your subconscious. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I will do this. This is where I'm going to be. This is what I want. You will get there if you try hard enough and you actually drive that into your thick skull all the way down to the subconscious, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's, that's the biggest challenge right there. And it's crazy, Rob, because so many times we as human beings, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but knowing and doing are two separate things. I think they say it's uh, it's in the execution. It's in the details of can you do what you know you're supposed to do. On the details, the knowing and doing gap is separated by something called the fear barrier. The fear yep. barrier is something yep. that people cannot get over because they go to like, okay, I know I need to do this. I know how to do it. They go to do it and they go, oh, never mind, never mind. I can't do that. I don't think I really know. They start second guessing themselves because they weren't auto suggesting. That means that your subconscious is not in line with it. But if you can just get over that fear barrier, you've just made it to your result and you feel like a million bucks. You've never felt that good in your life. Like, holy shit, I just did that. I could have done it the whole time, but it's getting through that and just, you need to be building your confidence until you do not have a fear barrier, but everybody feels fear no matter what, but your fear barrier is more like a little one foot hump in the ground rather than a wall, you know? <laughs> we can often make that uh, one that one foot hump. We can turn that into a daggone uh, great barrier. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's fun. right. Too funny. Yeah, but so as for the knowing doing, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it really, when, when I think about it, it's uh, there, there's there's two aspects of it. So there's the there's the say do in, in terms of if I say I'm going to do something and I do it, I'm now batting a thousand. If I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it, uh oh, that's say do do ratio. That's that, that that's poop right there. But also, it's it's the no. I mean, once again, we know what we're supposed to do. You call it the fear barrier, but there's something that prevents a lot of folks from doing and executing on. What they, what they're supposed to do right now it's it's it's, it's uh, january we're in the new year there's a lot of people that are getting their workout on mask on they're doing workout programs but let's go ahead and fast forward to february 15th the day after valentine's oh, day how many of those are still doing what they know they're supposed to be doing you have to you have to check in with yourself you got to check in you got to check out to check in you check out you meditate you check out you think then you check back in saying did it happen right <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. You love you love that meditation. It's crazy. I was talking earlier. I I, uh, I think they call it yoga practice. I, I tried my yoga practice and uh, my mind was just racing. And then I made the mistake of hot yoga. I almost died, Rob. That room. It just was not. It was not. I was like, people do this for enjoyment. They're fucking crazy. Like I, I was like. Look, you're sweating like you're every single piece of liquid in your body is now on the floor around you and you're like shaking it's terrible yeah man it's uh you, you fool me once shame on on you you fool me twice shame on me i uh i didn't realize you're supposed to hydrate 24 hours in advance i i almost didn't make it <laughs> i i also did not know that <laughs> wow well, we went to the other day we would have been reaching arms just like hey <laughs> what what I find interesting now as we turn the page on a new year is just uh, it's going to be interesting to see what sales professionals and sales organizations do to bridge that gap. You talked about the human element. Are we going to see an increase in automation where it's like, I am robot or are we going to see a return back to the basics of forging solid relationships i I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to seeing it what 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 i see is that well i hope happens because i work in this space automation yep. and people both mixed together everything about that we've been automating the doing not the knowing because we don't know shit we're just do 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 that's why we're automating all that the people parts getting all washed out we realize that's that shit ain't gonna work anymore <laughs> oh you, you guessed it buddy um but that's the thing is that we're going to go back to the basics hopefully of real human connection of people reaching out. It's just the problem is that there's too many people to deal with. There's too much work to go around. You don't know who you're targeting. You don't know how you're going to talk to that many people to get the results that you're usually getting because your acquisition rate is low because you're targeting the wrong people and don't have any other way to do it. But with automation, that we're, I, I own an anti-automation automation company is what I like to call it. I can't stand automation. Cannot stand it. Can't stand chatbots. Can't stand um, uh, messaging automation, any of that crap. But the thing is, is that we automate the knowing. It's everything that you need to figure out in order to do as a human being. So instead of trying to figure out the knowing as a human, which is nearly impossible to do, and then just automating the, the, the doing because you now have no bandwidth to do anymore and you need to just rush it, rush it, rush and then just base it on the numbers because all of your data is wrong in the first place. Your knowing is incorrect. Um, we are mathematically perfecting the knowing of a salesperson, a sales team, and a marketing team, an entire business, so that they can do as they do best with their best foot forward. That's where it should be in an ideal world. And that's why I'm driving the company that I'm driving right now. That's why White Rabbit Intel exists. I'm not trying to sell my shit here right now. I'm just saying that that is where we need to go or we're fucked. Always helping. I love it. I love it. And I love your passion, man. From the first time that we chatted, that really stood out how passionate you are about this topic. It bleeds from me. <laughs> I uh, love it. Love it. So from, from your perspective, what do you think of that though? That type of an approach? I love it, man. I mean, it's, it's, you, you mentioned it before and I think we've gotten away from it. I mean, I've been in sales for, I've been in tech sales for coming up on close to 20 years now. And uh, I, I've seen kind of the gap uh, widen. I mean, the first, the first company I worked for, like that. Uh, well, the gap from getting away from relationships. I mean, we were making 150 calls, which I, I wouldn't condone, but 
We, we were getting after it, but we were also writing 25 handwritten note, note cards, 25 note cards, handwritten, customized, personalized every single day. Top so of mind. Say that? Top of mind. It's all about Yes, top. exactly. And it's a differentiator because you think about it, who's doing that? Not many people. And essentially, everyone talks about how they care, but now I'm going to show you how I care. It's it's like, hey, your your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. So my my thought is, what are you doing to separate yourself and show that you really care about your prospects and your clients? I love that. And always show, don't tell. You never tell. You always show. And it's about the buyer's journeys that you're showing them that you're there to consult them, to help them, to get them there. And people think, oh, I closed the deal. That sale's done. No, the sale's never done until the relationship's done. You should. They should always be top of mind and you should be always showing, not telling. You need to be communicating. You need to be maintaining that relationship. You need to make them feel cared for because all people care about is conversation, validation, and consideration. Yeah. And they want to be listened to. They want, they need to be heard. Can you hear me now? So true. So true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the only That's way true. you can show how much you care is by your actions. Can you say that again? You don't know how much you know. That was people, awesome. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I think that was Maya Angelou. You have to fact check me. That's not my quote, but I love it because it's so true. That's beautiful. That is beautiful, man. I'm going to use that. I, I'm writing that. I'm going to have that like on my wall. Like that's it. Oh, that, that uh, just resonated with me to a, like the deepest level. What? Thank you. Yes, Thank you. And I hope right. who's listening appreciates that because that was beautiful. And I hope that it resonated with you as much as it did with me just now, because holy shit, I'm feeling all types of ways. Well, Rob, I mean, I appreciate what you just said because essentially you're at the top of your game but you're also looking for ways to improve. You're looking for ways to level up. And once we get away from that growth, I think they call it officially growth mindset, but essentially it's just, hey, I'm always looking to improve. It's I'm, I'm a big NBA fan. Russell Westbrook, he averaged a triple-double three seasons in a row. You would think he can't get any better. Well, he said, oh, yeah, I can. During the offseason, I'm going to be working on, I would say defense, but he used to play for Houston. They don't play defense there, but he is working on his three-point shot, his jumper. And it's like, wow, as a professional and as a sales professional, how can I take my game? What area of my game can I level up? Am I strong at closing, but I'm not strong at prospecting? Am, am I strong at negotiating, but not in my demo skills? Where can I level up? Right, right, exactly. But when people come into a company, uh, I don't like how companies often, uh, you know, oh, what's your greatest weakness? Shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. What are your greatest strengths? And what do you have? What are you trying to work on to better? That's the question. And then what are the strengths? Help them strengthen those things until they are masters of it. Then they must maintain. If they don't maintain, it starts falling off. So master it, maintain it. But then you could take one of those weaknesses and then level it up. So you perfect and master and maintain your strengths before you even go anywhere near the weaknesses. It's not about strengthening weaknesses. It's about leveling up after you hit the top at that given time. But if you're not maintaining, then you, you can get higher than the top level because there may be some new advancements or new things are learned or there's something else that happens or you know things change a little bit. Then you're prepared to be at that next level right away, right off the bat, because you're constantly practicing it. Then you could start leveling up each of those things one at a time, yep. one at a time, yep. <laughs> only one. You don't say, oh, I got these three things. I'm going to do that, 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 that. Stop. 
one at a time. Humans yeah. were built and evolved over thousands of years to do one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so we, yeah. all want, we all want to multitask. Like you said, I got five things on my list. I'm going to knock them all out. Well, you're going to be like the buffet that does five things, mediocre at best. And I think the great philosopher T.I. said it. I don't want no mediocre. I don't want no mediocre is right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, think about this. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's it. There's a point behind that. But you need to master each. You could become a master in multiple things. But if you try to do all of it, you're really doing none of it. And uh, a, a fun fact about like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this. I don't even remember where I read up. It was in, it was in a textbook that I read in college one time. But uh, with, with human multitasking, humans were not meant to multitask. The reason I say this is that they actually have kind of like an equation for it. Every time you add another thing to your multitasking, you lose 50% productivity, total productivity. So that's efficiency and effectiveness, right? Total productivity every time you add another thing. So if you're doing one thing, you're at 100% productivity in that thing. If you do two things, you're at 50% productivity for each of those things. If you add a third thing, half all of that, that's 50% of that. So you're now at 25%, 25%, 25% productivity for a total of 75% productivity out of an available 100%. When you split it into four, you're now at 12%, 12.5, 12.5, 12.5. What does that add up to? 50% total productivity with a 12.5% across the board right there. So you're missing half of what you can be doing in that given time with productivity, effectiveness, and efficiency. That, that hurts right oh, there. You can do two things at once. One needs to be an input and the other is an output. And that's it. That's how we're built. I love it. And, and the thing is, is that most of us know that but we still are hard-headed. Hello, Ding Dong. We're still hard-headed and, and try to think that we, oh, I can get it done. I can get everything done. Give me all four of those things. I got it, Rob. So that means that they, they know it. They say they know it, but they've never actually thought about it. But so do they? If you say, I like to say that I'm smart enough to know what I, know, what I don't know. And what yeah. I don't know is what makes me smart. So the reason I say that is that intelligent individuals know what they know, of course, but then they also know what they don't know. And what they don't know is what makes them smart because they're always hungry to learn more to, and to understand. Those are the smartest people in the world. If someone thinks they know everything, they know absolutely nothing. If someone believes that they're a best, like you were saying before, that, they're that oh, I'm the best, that means that's the moment you have completely given up. Yep. Yep. Time to hang them up and look for something new when you got it all figured out. Because like you said, Things change all the time. The only constant in life is change. We know that what's going to happen tomorrow probably isn't what's happening today. And are we adaptable? Are we flexible? And are we taking action? Do we have the right approach and the right mindset to actually prepare ourselves so that when it does happen, we're ready to seize the opportunity? Right, right. And how would you tie seizing the opportunity into your mindset coaching, into your idea of how that can be brought into the picture? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's just making sure that you're ready on all of those cylinders. You talked about being a master and mastering one area, mastering another area and keeping your game at a high level. There's a saying, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So essentially, it's just making sure that you stay ready and you constantly groom, you constantly improve, you constantly look for ways. There, there's another, I mean, I'm, I got plenty of sayings. There's a saying, if it ain't broke, and the traditional saying says, don't fix it. Well, I like the one that says, if it ain't broke, 
break it. Damn straight. <laughs> if it ain't broke, break it. That's right. And in 2020, this pandemic, COVID-19, has broke a lot of people up. But it's like, hey, if you're in the constant kind of mindset that, hey, things might be good, but how can I make it great? If you put yourself in that kind of mindset, that kind of position, when the opportunity presents itself, when I guess they say when the opportunity knocks, you're now ready to answer the door. You don't have to throw on your robe and you're all disheveled trying to figure it out. It's like, hey, I've been waiting for this. I am ready to carpe diem seize the day. Yep, you, you open that door and you just pretty much headbutt them right in the face. Just bam, here I am, baby. And that's it. That's it. Just because you stayed ready. That's why you got ready. You stayed ready. And that's like, you know, 2021, you better get ready. You better stay ready. Get ready. Stay ready for 2021. <laughs> like just like some crazy, just that's the one that should be the motto of the whole year is just get ready, stay ready and hit them where it hurts, baby. <laughs> I love it. The thing is, is that we saw it in 2020. We'll see it in 2021. There's going to be some big winners and then there's going to be kind of everyone else. And I hate to say it, but there's going to be some losers, unfortunately, but that's that's life. And that's essentially, it's dying, man. growing or dying. That's it. That's right. That's right. You got you got two choices. Yeah. No, it's not a negative thing. It's just that if you're dying, start to grow, change things. So you start growing. That's it. It's just change. It's all you got to do. It's not a big deal. It's nothing crazy. Some changes are bigger than others, but you could do it. Everybody could do it. It's just that humans are genetically risk and change averse. They, don't, they, they want us to, oh, I want something that's familiar and comfortable. No, no, no. If you're not living in a perpetual state of discomfort, you're doing it all wrong. Agreed. You're not challenging yourself. Agreed. And that's where the biggest growth happens is outside of your comfort zone. When you stretch and you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's, uh, and, and you mentioned it earlier, I, I've got a word for it. Uh, pluggers, people that just come in, they're plugging along. It's just, uh, I'm clocking in, I'm clocking out. There's no passion. There's no purpose. I don't even know why the heck I'm here. It's like, oh, it's time for you to shift, pivot, and find something that can really rev you up, that can get you excited, that you feel you have purpose and passion behind it. But so many people miss it. It's just like, hey, I'm comfortable. I've been doing this 10 years. That's just the way it is. And it's like, survey says, yeah. That's right. All the listeners here, if you don't have as much excitement and passion as Larry here and myself every day, there's something wrong. That's there's right. something to fix. There's something to look at. You got to look inside. You got to check. You got to check out to check in and see what's going on so you can make the change. And then so you can drive it so you can get ready for what the next step is going to be. Because every day that I wake up, I'm just like, hell fucking yeah. Like I'm ready to go. And then whenever I'm talking, you know, you know, people tell me all the time, I get, I get, you know, at the end of meetings, when I'm talking to people, never met them before speaking like a CEO, they just look at me and they just go, you literally inspire me. How old are you? <laughs> and then, like, it's, it's the same thing every time. And it's great. They're like, you, you, you're so passionate. How do you, like, you, uh, you inspire me. You're so passionate. And like, I never thought that someone, you know, could be as, as, you know, powerful as you are from a, from a just, an existing perspective, like, you know, just an existing, you just exist in that state. Like, how are you there? And that's the thing is that that's what Larry does is that he helps people get there. It's, it's amazing. There's no better feeling than being able to have an impact, a positive impact on other folks when they're trying to get to their, they're trying to get to that next level. And a lot of times folks don't even realize just the power they have within. They, I think they call it self-limiting beliefs. They yep. think that, oh, on a scale of one to 10, the best I can be is a seven. 
And it's like, nah, let's get in there. Let's get to work. Let's map out a plan. Let's go ahead and sketch that out. Then let's execute. Little did you know you could be a 9.5 on a scale of 1 to 10 when you thought that you could only be a 7. Come on now. Let's go get it. And No, and I mean, just they're talking a scale of 1 to 10. So how many numbers are in there? Well, there's 1 to 10. There's 10 numbers. Now, how? what's the best I could be on a scale of 1 to 10? I would argue that to, of course, a 10 because it's on that scale. You can get there. It's a scale of 1 to 10. You can be a 10. It's just that you're only aiming for a 7, so you're only going to get for a 7. Right. If you aim for a 10, you may get to a 10. You're more likely to, but you may get like a 9.5. But then if you aim for 11, you're damn well getting that 10. I love it. I love it. Shoot for the moon, you miss, and now you're still a star. <laughs> that's right. I love that. That's good. That's good. I think that's one of the kids' books from uh, my, one of my young ones. <laughs> oh, really? That's incredible. <laughs> that's an incredible one. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. That's great. And uh, speaking of shooting for the moon, that is something that uh, – people often fail to do too, is that they, they limit their goals. They make their goals technically objectives, milestones. It's just an objective. You know, you can get there. How is that a goal? A goal should be something that is absolutely absurdly ridiculous. Like where someone says, my goal is to do this. And someone goes, you fucking nuts. What the wrong? No, you're not doing that. It's just like, I am doing it and I believe it. And if you can believe, if you're in that perpetual state of constant belief and positivity while you're trying to say, while you're, you're trying to accomplish that crazy ass thing all the way up at the moon that, that everybody says you can't do that, you will get it done because if you're that positive and if you're that determined, you will get there. It doesn't matter if it seems impossible, you will damn well make it there and you will be, have a smile on your face the whole way. That's right. Enjoying the journey, that internal drive and desire. I had a rep, Nathan Bird. And uh, he had on his computer persistence. And uh, I played soccer with him. I'm not even a soccer player. I, I don't work well with my feet. But I saw him out there. He liked to play defense. And he was as persistent as they come. He was like a flea on, uh, <laughs> on whatever. He, he would not let the defender go. And when I saw him out there on the soccer pitch, I said, wow, this is where he gets that hard-nosed determination and perseverance that he was able to, to really relay over to the sales world. He was just persistent about being able to help other folks, and he believed it in his heart, he believed it in his mind, and it came through in his whole being that, hey, I've got a solution that can really help you. Right, right. And so moving forward from here, with all of that said – from solutions to creating goals to bringing up your mindset and to just the overall objective of what we're trying to find here, what is the most important thing to you when it comes down to it from this entire mindset process and this salesperson mindset process? What is what is the biggest thing to you? Yeah, it's uh I mean, I hate to I hate to get so just basic with it. It's like, yeah, Larry, no shit, Sherlock. But it really comes down to that self-belief, that internal belief that you're worthy. So many times folks don't believe that they're worthy. And Russell Wilson, I, I love sports examples, sports stories. I've met Russell Wilson before, plays uh, quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks. He's a little dude like me, he's five foot ten. That's rounding up. Uh, but he has a foundation and he has a saying from his dad that said, why not you? So, Rob, I'm asking your listeners, why not you? 
And, and essentially, I don't know the rest of it, but why not you to start that next successful business? Why not you to blow out your number this year? Well, I can tell you what's holding you back. It is you. But I'm telling you, from me to you, why not you? Let's make it happen. Only you can make it happen. Absolutely. I think a buddy of mine, um, he's actually known as uh, the Forbes accredited, uh, you know, godfather of Instagram. Uh, it's Tony Peck. And uh, yeah, so I used to work for his uncle uh, at a pizzeria when I was a kid. So uh, that's wow. how I, uh, you know, it was just like a whole thing. And then I met him and then, you know, whatever. But yeah, he's super famous, super, super famous. Um, and he has a company called Why Not You Media. Oh, wow. So why wow. not you? And what he does is that he does hashtags where it's like, why not golf? Why not? Why not insurance? Why not kick ass? Why not? Um, it's like, why not eat? Why not drive? You know, it's all those things. So that's the hashtag. And it goes nuts every time. It's like, why not drive? Why not eat? Why not get insurance? Why not? Why not you? you know, <laughs> it's to drive that. It's just to drive that inner power to do something that you normally wouldn't. That's right. That's right. And uh, only you can make it happen. Now, I'm, I'm not saying to be selfish and be a me monster, but it ultimately starts with you. And then when you start to employ mentors, employ many mentors, folks that can serve as guides, coaches, Sherpas along your path and journey, the sky is really the limit. But so many times we limit ourselves. We put a cap on where we can get to. You're absolutely correct. Why not you? I love it. Yeah, it's great. And why limit yourself? What are limits? Limits are just the fabricated thought of, of, of a stopping point. Why does it stop there? As soon as you, even if you make one of those ridiculous goals and then you get there because you will, you need to make another ridiculous goal that you think you can't reach from that ridiculous point and keep right. shooting higher and higher and higher and higher for the stars, beyond the stars, into the multiverse, into the multiverse, right? Just like deeper and deeper. I love it, RT. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Just shoot higher and higher. There's nothing stopping you. The only thing stopping you is yourself or the people around you because you're surrounding yourself in a shit environment with people who are really negative and trying to pull you down to their level. If you're above their level, move on. Move on. Don't put yourself, oh, but they're my friend. Uh, not really because they're dragging you down. So true. You hit that nail right on the head. And I love it, man. Oh, goodness. This is awesome. Chopping it up with you, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So I guess one more thing is um, what was your favorite thing about being a baseball player? Oh, man, that's easy. That is easy. Well, it's not easy. It's uh, I can't just say one. Number one, my teammates and the camaraderie, just uh, the bonds, the relationships, the crazy stories that you'd be like, what? Yeah, I got some crazy stories, but then the, the, the competitive, the, the competitiveness of really you against the other team as a hitter, it's you against the pitcher, but it's just really, it's just the competition and doing it in a team. Baseball is a team game, but it's made up of all these individuals trying to come together for a common goal. And there's so many parallels between baseball and life. And I absolutely love it. Just that experience has been uh, I've been really fortunate that I've been, been a baseball player my entire life and have been able to transition the skills into the boardroom. That's incredible, really. And from those skills, you know, that you're able to bring into the boardroom, what I'm interested to hear from you is that uh, do you have like a set of rules? Do you have like a 10 commandments, like five or 10 different items that you think that everybody should either be mindful of or follow? 
Oh, goodness. I, I would say I have tenants of folks that I look for to join my team. And uh, the, the term that I use, Rob, is epic. Entrepreneurial spirit, essentially that ownership of the outcome. Uh, you can always blame someone else, but it comes down to you. The P is preparation and planning. If you're Allen Iverson, I think you would call it practice. Yes, AI, we're talking about practice, not the game. The I, internal drive and desire. Essentially, when you get hit with the obstacles, do you find a way over them, around them, under them? And if you have to, boom, right through it. Essentially, you got to beat, beat those obstacles with a bat. The C, I'm going to quadruple click. The first C is communication. The next C is curiosity. The other C is care. Do you actually give a damn? And then the last C, Kevin Hart says, say with your chest, are you confident? Do you actually believe? And, and those are kind of the four tenets. And then there's some intangibles, positive attitude. If you're a negative Nancy, negative Nelly, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, do you have integrity without compromise? Do you do the right thing when nobody is watching? Uh, and then do you play well on a team? Essentially, my daughter's in, in uh, first grade. Do you work well with others? It's the ABCs, the golden rule. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. So those are kind of the, the core tenets of success. I love that. I love that. All that was really valuable, too. Like that, yeah. Do you play well with a team? If you're not a team player, you're going to be a solopreneur and you're going to be limited all the time. Those are the people that fear delegation. Those are the people that fear growth. Those are the people that fear people doing jobs for them because I can only do it because I'm the best and I'm the I, 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 I. There's no I in team. And that cannot be done. That's often what bottlenecks companies is that leaders, small businesses, um, so small business leaders, they completely block themselves from growth or hyper growth just because they can't let go. You need to delegate. You need to hire people to do it. It's not, oh no, if, if, if someone else does it, it won't be. So train them to do it right. Train them, <laughs> do it, have them there with you, show them how to do it, and then they can do it. The end. Wow. Wasn't it amazing? Right? Like, oh, it's impossible. Or, you know, you know I, I just never understood that mindset. It's like, oh, I need to do this. Otherwise it's going to be done wrong. Well, why can't you show someone else how to do it? What's the problem? That's right. People are being me monsters and not being able to relinquish control, which, uh, like you said, that's a huge limit, limiting factor to a lot of folks having awesome, just success beyond belief. Love it. Love it. Listen, we're, we're, we're almost out of time here. So is there anything else that you would like to bring up to all these folks listening while we're still here? Yeah. I mean, the big thing, Rob, is, hey, I'm here to help. So it says to your listeners, please look me up on LinkedIn, Larry Long Jr. If there's ever anything that I can do to help, to assist you in your journey in life, in sales, and in business, do not, and I mean it, do not hesitate to reach out and touch somebody and ask, I'm, I'm here to help. So I appreciate you bringing me on as a guest, allowing me the platform and the opportunity to share, and uh, I, I would love to share more. I, I'm thankful for you, Rob. Greatly appreciate you, man. Okay. That means a lot. And uh, the same goes for me, too. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And if anybody needs help with anything that I can help them with, great. If you need help just driving your sales to new heights, using technology and putting the people back into salespeople for your team to get the best possible results instead of that 40% churn with a 10% acquisition so that you can get back to where you were rather than four years getting there. But it's like pre-COVID, taking four years to get to where you were pre-COVID. Why not have it take one? That's the thing. That's that is ultimately what I want to give. That is the increase that I want to give. And I want to help people get there because I know we can. And with Larry along the way here too, I mean, you get these two things right here. My God, that's that's just like a dynamic duo right there. We can have a lot of fun. Also, 
we're both crazy. So it's it's all <laughs> yeah. I think I got you beat on that one, man. I, I I can't relinquish my title as the king of crazy. Oh damn, you're the king. Oh shit. Wow. No, I can't take that from you. I'll just be the prince of crazy, I guess. <laughs> well, I can be a queen. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> oh, great. It's great. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I had such a great time. Larry, thank you again. And uh, this is Down the Rabbit Hole podcast with your host, Rob Turley, co-founder, co-CEO of White Rabbit Intel, and your glorious guest, Larry Long Jr. Um, love to see you guys here next week. Listen to next week. Uh, we're going to have an, another incredible person coming on. Uh, please follow this podcast. I would love it if you did, if you shared it. And if you get any value from it, post about it. Tag us, you know, tag White Rabbit Intel or just use hashtag DTRH hashtag podcast or hashtag follow the White Rabbit or hashtag sales enablement. We will find you. We won't kill you. We won't kill you. It's not we will find you. We will kill you. No, we won't kill you, but we'll say thank you instead. <laughs> All righty. See you later, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Down the Rabbit Hole podcast for new episodes weekly on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. If you'd like to apply to be featured on the podcast or recommend a featured guest, please feel free to email us at the team at whiterabbitintel.com.